It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me, or you or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. And good Tuesday morning, everyone. It is the morning after the July 4th weekend. Sure hope you had a great weekend. Fred Jackson sitting in this morning for Sister Sandy. Uh, she's taking a little bit of a break, just an update. I know most of uh, you listeners are aware that Sandy is taking some time off. Uh, had surgery last week, and I'm told surgery went well, and that she is recovering at home and resting up. And rest assured, she'll be back here in the chair just as soon as possible. So always an honor to sit in for Sandy. And uh, I hope you did have a, a really good July 4th weekend, wherever you were. I was doing some traveling last week uh, in northern North Carolina and through Tennessee. You know, it was encouraging. There's lots of bad news out there. And we're going to be talking about a horrific incident in the Chicago area over the weekend just a second. But, you know, it's really encouraging. Um, as I drove along, and I stayed off the interstates and used some secondary highways, and uh, to see a nation that is still excited about this country and uh, evidence everywhere that people were celebrating, celebrating and getting set to celebrate Independence Day, getting set to celebrate what really this country is all about. It's a great country. It's why so many people want to come here legally and unfortunately illegally. Uh, but I tell you what, it was really encouraging to see it, really ins- encouraging to see these communities, many small communities for the most part, getting ready for the July 4th weekend, people out doing things, getting ready for parades and fireworks and all of that sort of thing. So it, it was encouraging. But unfortunately, uh, over the weekend, uh, tragedy struck and it's almost uh, after a, a long weekend. Chicago is always mentioned. Um, there were many shooting incidents there, but the one deservedly so getting the attention this morning was in the Highland Park area, kind of up along the lake, just to the northern part of the greater Chicago area. And in that case, there was a July 4th parade. This occurred about 10 o'clock yesterday morning, broad daylight. Uh, many hundreds of people out to watch this parade. There were bands, there were kids on bicycles, all this sort of thing. And all of a sudden, dozens and dozens of shots rang out. When it was over, six people were killed, uh, probably more than two dozen injured in that. The uh, news this morning is that the shooting suspect, a young man, 21 years old, 22 years old, uh, police reports are differing, his name is Robert Cremo, Robert E. Cremo. You can go to One News now or American Family News, AFN.com, uh, pardon me, .net, and you can see a picture of him there, of the suspect that's been arrested. It, uh, 
and lots of talk about him this morning, has some of his relatives, mental problems, uh, that sort of thing. But the reality is uh, the Biden administration, president uh, reacting almost immediately, uh, gun violence, gun violence, of course, you've heard of all of that before. But the reality is in the country we have a problem, and it's a sin problem. And that is the bottom line in all of this. And the problem that many people recognize is that we also have, for the most part, in Democrat-run cities, we have a soft-on-crime attitude. And that's behind a lot of this. And to that point this morning, Fox and Friends interviewed Gianno Caldwell. He's one of their contributors. He's based in Chicago. They had him on to respond. And his response was with great passion. Because within the last 10 days, Gianno Caldwell's baby brother, 18-year-old Christian, as it was his name, uh, was shot and killed on a Chicago street. Um, Caldwell is a black man. He said, uh, with regards to his brother's killing, uh, that he was just out innocently. Some guys, he described suspects, still, their police are still looking for them. Uh, some black guys with dreadlocks pull up, open fire on a group of people. And sadly, Jono's baby brother was one of those who was killed. But he, as I say, spoke with great passion this morning about what is going on in our communities and what has to stop. I want you to have a listen to him. It's cut number eight. I'll tell you, my heart goes out to these families who've been impacted by this horrific scene of murder. And that's what it is. I want to be very clear about that. This was a murder. My baby brother, Christian, was murdered. He wasn't killed or simply shot. He was murdered. And now these folks are a part of a very small community that none of us wanted to be a part of. And those are victims of uh, being family of victims who, who were murdered. And I'm going to tell you, this is a horrific tragedy. But those who would take this moment and disingenuously push gun control when I there know. was an assault weapons ban in the city is insanity. I don't know if he knows the laws or not, but it's absolute insanity. We have not just here in Highland Park where Michael Jordan had a house there or still does. Scottie Pippen. This is one of the most elite areas in the city of Chicago, in, in the Chicago suburbs, in the North Shore area. This these folks aren't going to allow for this. This defund the police mantra. And I know academics have said, hey, there's no correlation between an increase in crime and defund the police. This isn't just simply a mantra, a slogan. It comes with soft on crime policies. It comes with a mentality that has freed criminals from the, the idea that they could be captured by the police or prosecuted. It has enabled, influenced more criminal activity. It has demoralized our police forces across the country. In the city of Chicago itself, there's a th they need a thousand detectives to really handle the caseloads that are there. People don't want to be police officers anymore because of what has happened from the leadership in, country, in cities across America. This must end. Downtown Chicago just last week, last Friday I believe it was, a mass shooting in the first district. This is blocks away from City Hall, blocks away from where the governor sits. Homicides are up there 100 percent. We're talking about downtown Chicago, where people feel safe and where visitors, where they used to feel safe, right. I should correct mm. myself, but where people go to visit. This is insanity on steroids, and we must 
we must not allow the capitulation of this mantra or these soft on crime policies to continue to exist. Chicago needs to consider and start a conversation about potentially re-implementing the death penalty. Because right. criminals need to know that your life is on the line if you commit crime. Your life is on the line and your family will be grieving for you if you do, uh, you murder someone, kill someone, or commit some severe crime. That's what needs to be happening right now. And that's a conversation yeah. that isn't happening right now. And he's exactly right. John Caldwell there, once again, speaking with great passion this morning of what happened in the Highland Park area. The shooting at that July 4th parade yesterday, again, six people died in that shootout. 30 people were injured. The suspect is in custody this morning. But Gianna is exactly right. Already, as I mentioned, the White House blaming, you know, we need stricter gun laws. Uh, today, later today, Vice President Kamala Harris uh, was planning to be in the area anyway, but I can be pretty sure, we can be pretty sure that she will say much the same thing as the president. This all has to do with guns. This all has to do with lax gun laws. We need stricter gun laws. But as you heard, Gianna said, no, what's behind all of this is soft on crime. We're seeing this over and over and over again, these policies, these local prosecutors. Uh, it's what's happening in San Francisco. It's happening in Los Angeles. It's happening in Philadelphia. It's happening uh, in, in Baltimore, in Washington, D.C., over and over and over again. You have these Democrat-run communities that have come after police forces. And, and, and here's the result, that criminals feel emboldened to go out. Because as the case is in Los Angeles, uh, you, have, you have guys arrested for violent crimes who are then let out with little or no bail. This is the, this, and Jono is, is pointing to it, this is what has to change. And, of course, the other part, too, is the reality in all of this is that there is just evil. Also responding to this this morning, Pastor Corey Brooks. Uh, he is with, uh, I believe it's New Beginnings Church uh, there in Chicago. He's a pastor who's been up on the roof there for more than 200 days speaking out against violence. Here's his response to what happened in Highland Park yesterday, cut four. Highland Park is one of the wealthiest places in America. It's in the top 100 wealthiest places. It's a place where um, there are a lot of people with a lot of um, education and a lot of wealth. But what we need to understand is that violence uh, does, not, does not discriminate. And uh, I tell people all the time, uh, when you don't deal with the violence in areas like Chicago and these pockets of poverty, uh, that it's like cancer, it spreads. And I know that pain as well. That, that that is an issue that we need to deal with all across the country, but specifically in areas uh, where we are, so that these issues do not continue to spread throughout America, because that's exactly what we're seeing uh, in Highland Park. Uh, the Violence Archive just said that there were four other places in America that had four or more people shot yesterday, and that it's spreading. And so we need to do everything we can to get to the hearts of people. Everything we can to get to the hearts of people. So, yeah, it's, it's a two-pronged approach. Uh, getting to the hearts of people, and, and that's where evil begins. Scripture tells us that. It is in the heart. So we have a spiritual problem. That is at the very crux of all of this. We know that. But also, as, as Giano and others have pointed out, our public policy, especially in recent years that we've seen in in the in the reaction in uh, Minneapolis and others is to defund police. 
uh, to send out counselors um, to two areas when when cops get called to a domestic dispute, all of this sort of thing. It is not working. And how many more incidents like this is it going to take? But as I say, the left will always respond by saying we need more gun laws. Well, here's here's what's really interesting. You may have heard also this weekend about a shooting uh, in Copenhagen, Denmark, a mall shooting there. Several people killed. Denmark has some of the strictest gun laws in Europe. Some of the strictest gun laws in Europe. But it's the heart of individuals. The government is not dealing with that factor. But that happened in, in Copenhagen, at a mall there. So when you hear this mantra from the left about what we need, what we really need is stricter gun laws, it is just not panning out. And our hearts go out to the victims there this morning. There's One of the victims was a, a faithful member of a synagogue in the area. Uh, another victim was an elderly gentleman who is visiting family from Mexico. Uh, and so on it goes. We will get more stories on these victims, just families out having a good time at this parade yesterday. We don't know a whole lot, again, about the, the suspect who's been arrested. As I say, uh, some authorities calling it 22-year-old, another's 21-year-old. Uh, his name, Robert E. Cremo. And uh, we'll find out more about this. I believe there's a news conference scheduled uh, for later this morning. But, you know, uh, the American people, I think, are, are waking up to this. And we're seeing this in the polls. President Biden's numbers are, are down. There was an AP poll that came out on the weekend that had him at uh, 39% approval. Now, a lot of this has to do with economic situation, but also... People, the American people, there was a Fox News poll came out on the weekend. They don't like what they're seeing in this country. And much of it is driven by Democrat-run policies. And we're seeing this over and over again. All right, you're listening to Sandy Rios in the morning. Fred Jackson sitting in for Sandy. When we come back, we're going to be talking about what's going on on our southern border. Thanks again to Joe Biden's policies. Much more ahead here on Sandy Rios in the morning on this Tuesday, July the 5th. Don't go away. Telling Bibleists, persecuted believers, no, that's one of the hardest things we do at Bible League. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth, and I want to give you an update on our campaign, Stand With Them. You know, Paul wrote, the persecuted, they may be persecuted, but they're not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. You know, for weeks we've been telling you about Christians who are praying for Bibles in order to endure and persevere. Ahmad is in Malaysia. He's a civil engineer, was beaten. When he came to Christ, he's praying for a Bible. Adesh is in Nepal. He's a tour guide near the Himalayan mountains. He was beaten, but he's praying for a Bible in the Nepalese language. And then Einar is in Zimbabwe. She's a widowed mother of three. Her husband was killed by the Boko Haram regime. She's not praying for an end to her suffering. She's praying for a Bible. We're in the final few days of this effort to send God's word to 16,000 Bibleless persecuted believers. We're short of this goal and we need to wrap up in the coming days. So at $5 a Bible, $100 sends 20. Will you call 800-YES-WORD? 800-YES-WORD. Or give at sendbiblesnow.org. Sendbiblesnow.org. This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down each day from the daily noise of life 
and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Catherine Coulter Mitchell, Acting Undersecretary for Science and Technology at the Department of Homeland Security. She heads up research, development, innovation, and testing, and evaluation activities for the department. Psalm 4-8 reminds us of God's blessings of peace and security. In peace I will both lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Right now with this in mind, let's pray. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Catherine Coulter Mitchell in her work on behalf of our nation's safety and security. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. This is an important election year in your state and all across the country, and we are joining together to pray the vote. Details at pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. Residents of Waverly, Tennessee, had only a few minutes' warning before a wall of water flooded their town. Shane Gannon and his wife Myra lived in a Victorian house filled with antiques. He was awakened by something that was bumping into the side of his house. He looked outside and discovered it was his Chrysler 300, now floating in the front yard. Shane waded through waters that looked like chocolate milk, helping his disabled wife get to a higher place in the house. He then turned his attention to saving the antiques, but suddenly he heard a word from God. He left the antiques and instead grabbed the family Bible. The floodwaters rose four feet high in the Gannon house. They lost just about everything on that horrible day except for that Bible. Shane and Myra were among the lucky ones. They survived the floods and now counting their blessings, naming them one by one every day. I'm Todd Starnes. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. And welcome back to this Tuesday edition of Sandy Rios in the morning. Fred sitting in for Sandy today. Well, you know, conservatives have been celebrating quite a string of Supreme Court victories over the last uh, couple of weeks or so. Uh, But there was a a ruling last week that many conservatives are not happy with. The Supreme Court ruled that the Biden administration can end the remain in Mexico policy, uh, sending the case back to a Texas court. Now, that's a policy, of course, that was brought in by former President Donald Trump, which basically forced people claiming, making asylum claims uh, to wait in Mexico for their claims to be heard. Uh, instead of just letting them loose on our border to enter this country. And in many cases, uh, the courts never saw them again. And certainly one of those very concerned about all of this is the deputy director of Numbers USA, and Chris uh, Shemalinsky uh, joins us uh, on the line right now. I hope I have that last name pronounced right, Chris. Yeah, that was fine. That's okay. great. Thanks for having me. Got it right. All right. Your reaction to this uh, court's decision it was, a, I believe, a five to four decision with Roberts and Kavanaugh joining with the three liberals. Right, right. And it, this wasn't quite as bad as some are making it out to be. 
uh, the Supreme Court only ruled on the temporary injunction. So what happened was, as, as you mentioned, the Biden administration announced they were going to terminate uh, the Remain in Mexico program. And a number of states led by Texas uh, decided to sue the administration and, and say that that it was illegal for them to end the Remain in Mexico program. So um, and in their request to the to the federal district court, they asked for an injunction to immediately halt the order that ends the program. Um, and 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 the court, the lower court, did abide by that. They said that they did issue the temporary injunction and say, okay, while we're going to hear the arguments on both sides for this case, we're going to we're going to say the Biden administration can't end the program. Um, and that's what was appealed up to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court. Uh, again, ruled against the district court injunction, essentially lifting the injunction and saying, okay, for now, the Biden administration can stop the Remain in Mexico program, but uh, the challenge can still be heard in the lower courts. So it's still yet to be determined, and and the merits of the case may dictate that the Biden administration can't terminate the program, uh, and we're back to where we were in the first place, which would be a good thing, having Remain in Mexico back in place. Yeah, uh, Chris, I was reading some of uh, the uh, reaction on the weekend, even from the Biden administration, and I I think I'm hearing from you that um, just because of the Supreme Court ruling doesn't mean today uh, that the Remain in Mexico policy is being dropped right away. Am I understanding that correctly? I'm sorry, I I lost you for a second there. Okay, Uh, just reading on the weekend that even some representatives of the Biden administration were indicating uh they're they're probably not going to activate uh the end uh, the stay in mexico policy ending the stay in mexico policy today and it's going to be a while right, it goes right. back to the lower court is that correct yeah yeah that's correct and and again it's unfortunately the biden administration is not using the remain in mexico program before they had announced that they were going to terminate it they weren't using it in the same way that the Trump administration was. The Trump administration was basically saying everybody who crosses the border illegally and tries to claim asylum here in the United States, they're going to send them back to Mexico while their cases are being heard. The Biden administration only applied that in certain situations. So a number of other folks, including like family units and unaccompanied minors that were also claiming asylum crossing the border, they were still releasing them into the interior of the United States. So it was a very, very small percentage. In fact, I think the number was only about 5,000 of the close to 2 million illegal border crossers that we've had since Biden has taken office um, have actually been sent back to Mexico as part of the Remain in Mexico program. So a very, very small percentage. Um, but I think the bigger question here is that we do have these large numbers of people who are crossing the border illegally. And the law does clearly say that if you cross the border illegally, but put in a defensive claim in asylum, then you have to be detained by the federal government. So the federal government, or sent back to sent back to the the country that you came from until your asylum case can be heard. So the the Remain in Mexico policy actually somewhat follows federal law. So the Biden administration is going to have to decide here, and this is what's going to be decided in the court case. What are they going to do with all these people? Because if they continue to release them into the United States, then they're just breaking federal law. You know, uh, we're talking to Chris uh, Shemolensky, the Deputy Director of Numbers USA. Chris, uh, I wanted to get your reaction. Uh, Tom Holman, the former acting director of ICE, was on Fox & Friends this morning, 
He's talking about a news conference, apparently, that is going to take place later today. It involves some sheriffs, I assume, from border communities who are going to urge the governor of Texas to call what's going on on our southern border an invasion, basically make an invasion declaration. I want you to have a listen to what Holman uh, was talking about this morning and then get your reaction to it. Cut number seven. Well, look, I, you see a lot of stuff on social media. There's, there's a press conference out in Texas this afternoon with some uh, several sheriffs and several judges. And I've been pushing the idea, along with several others, that we need to look at the invasion clause of the Constitution. We certainly believe that states can do, you know, if the, if the federal government is going to advocate their responsibility under the guarantee clause, states can start, you know, protect themselves because the federal government has failed to do it and start, you know, arresting those who cross the border illegally. And I know a lot of these sheriffs are fed up. They're fed up. I mean, one sheriff is losing millions of dollars because he got to rent refrigerated trucks to store the dead bodies. And with nearly, you know, 900, you know, deaths on the border with the crime rampant and, and high-speed chases, the sheriffs have had it. So what I think what they're going to do today, I think the sheriffs are going to get together with judges and they're going to formally ask the governor of Texas to declare an invasion so they can take action on the border and start enforcing the so, law on the border since the federal government is refusing to do it. Why would the governor not say yes to this? Why wouldn't the governor initiate this? He's been so aggressive. Look, I, I'm hoping he does. I mean, the, the attorney general in Arizona has come out and, and classified this as invasion. I think this is next step for Texas. I know they've looked at it. So I'm hoping that the Texas governor, who I, who I love, he's done more to secure this border than anybody in this administration. I think that the, for, the, for the good of the counties in Texas right. and the good of the safety of Texans, this is the next step. I think the sheriffs are, are making a good plea, and, and I support him on it. Chris, uh, your reaction to that, uh, they want an, a, a declaration of an invasion of our country. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and that, would be, that would be a huge development if, if, if Governor Abbott were to, were to follow up on their request. And, and we've already seen this on a, on a, on a super micro level already. Uh, we, we've, we heard reports last week of, of local county sheriffs down in Texas who, who apprehended people who were in the country illegally and they just felt, you know, it's not our responsibility to release these people into the United States, even though that's what the Biden administration is telling us to do. If we bring them to ICE, ICE isn't going to do anything. ICE is just going to release them, too, because that's what they're being ordered to do. So the, the, this local county sheriff actually brought the person back to the, the back to the, 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 the port of entry where he knew that the person's entry into the United States would be denied. So he had to go back to Mexico. So it's a pretty pretty strong move by this just one sheriff that did this and and that's the kind of response that you're seeing from again the texas law law uh law enforcement officials that are on the ground down there um they're fed up with it they're they're dealing with this issue uh you know front and center and and they want something done the federal government's not going to be do anything about it so they're asking the state of texas for for even more help than what's already been provided to them Chris, in your opinion, what is behind the Biden administration's, what a lot of people are calling this, their election of duty to protect our country? What, what, what is the thinking behind this within the Biden administration, in your opinion? Yeah, I think there's, there's a small faction within the Biden administration that, that, is, that is open borders. And so they just feel that we should allow everybody into the country who wants to come into the country. Um, and I think they're just certainly kowtowing to those to the, that that part of that that wing of their party and they know that democratic voters if you look at some of the issue polling 
you know, the immigration issue, the border security issue, it pulls very strongly with both moderates and uh, and Republicans. Um, for Republicans particularly, it's usually a top three issue when, when asked what the most important issues facing the country are. But for the Democratic base, immigration, border security, it doesn't usually fall within even the top five or sometimes even the top ten. They're certainly more concerned about things like uh, economic fairness and climate change and, and things like that. So those are the things that tend to rank higher, and they do, therefore they don't make their voting decisions based on what the Biden administration is doing along the border. So they feel like they can they can pick up some of the votes and, and make the extreme parts of their party happy by by allowing all of these folks into the country illegally. Um, and at the same time, it's not going to hurt them at the election box. I, I'm sure you may have been amused uh, by some of the comments coming from Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas on the weekend, who blamed <laughs> what's happening on our southern border on climate change, that climate change is driving this uh, people to come north to enter the United States. Climate change. Yeah, uh, you know, very, you know, even even. You know, there are some there are some climate refugees. There are there are places, remote places in in the world that are being affected by, you know, for storms or violent storms or, or earthquakes or whatever. Um, you know, and they're certainly being displaced. But the vast majority of the people, you know, more than ninety nine, probably ninety nine point nine nine percent of the people that are crossing the border illegally are not coming here because they're being displaced by by weather. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're just, they're just picking up and leaving their home countries because they know that they can make more money living here in the United States and the U S government right now is going to let them come in and stay and work. You know, it's amazing to me, the other factor, and then we have to, to run last question here. Uh, the, the lack of media coverage in what's going on with regards to this invasion of our Southern border, the mainstream media, almost totally ignoring the story. Yeah, it's 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 pretty amazing even even when we learned of the horrific details about a week ago of of the deaths in the in in the van, the 52 52 I think it was 52 deaths in the van, very very little national media coverage on that. And and re- remember the daily illegal border appre- the border apprehension numbers, monthly border apprehension numbers are way above the levels they were in 2019 where they were in hysteria over what the Trump what was happening under the Trump administration down on the border. So it's just crazy that the, the, the mainstream media just really continues to ignore it. But the American people aren't. You're seeing it in the polling. Um, you know, obviously, uh, at least as of right now, it looks like there's going to be a pretty big red wave uh, during the midterm elections this fall. And, and a big part of it is is, you know, certainly it's because of the economy, gas prices, things like that. But a big part of it, too, is what's happening down on the border. All right. Uh, Chris Shemolinsky, the deputy director of Norm uh, Numbers USA. Where can people go uh, on your site to get more information on this and to keep up to date? Sure. Thanks for that. They can come visit us at numbersusa.com. If there's not members, we have a green button on the top left that says join us. They can join our email list and join our grassroots army and start sending some messages to Congress. All right, Chris, thanks you so much for joining us. And I'll be looking forward to this news conference that uh, Tom Holman was talking about today uh, to get reaction to the possibility, or at least the call to the governor of Texas,
or a declaration of an invasion. Chris, thanks so much for joining us. All right. I, I agree with Chris. This is, uh, you know, the mainstream media may be not covering this, but I'll tell you what. Uh, the American people know this, and particularly those who live in these border states, although, as we have seen, the Biden administration has been flying these people in the middle of the night all over the country. Uh, we've seen some video of these planes arriving at 1 and 2 o'clock in the morning uh, in various communities. Uh, I really like what the governor of Florida has done, Governor DeSantis down there. Uh, basically, uh, I think there were some plane loads of these illegals that arriving in Jacksonville, Florida. And he basically says, okay, we're going to ship them up to Washington, D.C. And uh, he paid for that. So there is reaction the mainstream media may not be talking about this, but I'll tell you what, folks, uh, these border communities, some of them uh, that have uh, Democrat representatives in the House of Congress, and uh, they are standing up against the Biden administration on this. Uh, this, this is happening uh, across the country. The impacts of this is happening across the country. And I, I was very interested in some of the reaction from the Hispanic community. A lot of people think, for, for some reason, they think that the Hispanic community in this country is okay with this invasion. Well, that is simply not the case. We have seen leaders in the Hispanic community across the country saying, no, we want this to stop. Because for a couple of reasons, this, this undermines many of the Hispanic community are entrepreneurs. They, they, they have their own businesses and all of these people are flowing in. We had this one account back this couple of months ago where uh, an Hispanic family had a lawn mowing business and they charged a certain amount, I don't know, 50 bucks a shot to, to mow the lawn. And then they were being undermined by some of the illegals who came into the country going door to door and saying, I'll mow your lawn for 10 bucks. So this is the kind of thing. The Democrats have led us to believe that the Hispanic community are in the pocket of the Democratic Party. That is simply not the case. They are now the largest official minority in this country. Many have worked hard. They've arrived here legally. They've worked hard to develop businesses, and they've had enough. All right. I'd like to hear from you when we come back after the break. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. And when we come back, you've heard the story of all these companies that say they're going to help women female employees who want abortions pay for to go to other states well there's one company that's standing up against that i'm going to give you that news when we come back here on sandy rios in the morning back after the break roe v wade is now history but dick's sporting goods couldn't wait for the proverbial ink to dry before announcing their anti-life policy Dick's executive chairman, Ed Stack, proudly announced the company would provide up to $4,000 in travel expenses for employees or their immediate family members who choose to get an abortion. What did he say about supporting employees who choose life for their unborn children? Tell Dick's Sporting Goods to stop funding the murder of unborn babies. Go to afa.net today. Do you feel like you're in control of your finances or is it more like the other way around? Sometimes all it takes is a little help and encouragement, and we've got just the thing. It's Money Wise with Rob West. Every weekday morning from 9 to 10 Central, Rob and his money-savvy friends and colleagues help you stay in control of your finances. And it's not from the world's perspective, but from God's. 
Don't miss Money Wise with Rob West every weekday morning from 9 to 10 Central right here on AFR. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. One morning, Elisha's young servant went out first thing and saw the Syrian army surrounding Elisha's hometown. The servant was racked with fear and cried out to Elisha, What will we do? Elisha said, Don't be afraid. There are more with us than are with them. Then Elisha prayed, Lord, open this young man's eyes. The servant then saw the mountain full of horses and chariots of fire. As opposition mounts in our lives, fear not. The Lord who is in us and with us is greater than the hostility present in the world. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. You know, a lot of times you have to choose between something high quality or something that saves you money. But if you can get both, why not? Especially when it comes to health care. And that's MediShare. You get both. The typical family saves 500 bucks a month switching to MediShare. And that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. It's because MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge PPO network. So, yeah, really, you could save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. If you're self-employed or part of the gig economy, or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. Here is the number you need. Call 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. This is Frank Affney with the Secure Freedom Minute. There's a Chinese communist product that is as addictive as its fentanyl and potentially far more deadly. The CCP's TikTok app has deeply penetrated the youth culture here and, according to among others, a member of the Federal Communications Commission, it's a threat to the national security. The idea that a platform for sharing silly dance videos could be so dangerous is unimaginable to most of the kids hooked on it. Yet, the Chinese communist's ability to exploit immense amounts of personal data about its users puts them at risk of manipulation, compromise, or worse. Incredibly, the U.S. military has decided to use the TikTok app to help address its serious recruiting shortfalls. What could possibly go wrong? The Chinese communists would never allow us to operate a comparable app in their country, and we shouldn't let them do it here. This is Frank Gaffney. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at sandy at AFR.net. That's sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. And welcome back to Sandy Rios in the morning. Fred Jackson sitting in for Sandy today in case you missed uh, off the top of the program. Uh, Sandy had her surgery last week and is doing really well uh, at home recovering. And we hope for a quick recovery indeed. And uh, she'll be back here in the chair uh, before you know it. In the meantime, just uh, a pleasure to be here. Uh, You are the audience. I I tell you what, uh, you enjoy Sandy and Sandy's so informed. She's passionate and I know you look forward and are praying for her uh, for a quick recovery as, as well. You know, uh, 
Triple eight five eight nine eighty eight forty. The number to call. Triple eight five eight nine eighty eight forty. We've had kind of the top stories this morning. This tragic shooting at a July Fourth parade in Highland Park in the Chicago area in the weekend, and uh, the usual, the predictable reaction from the Biden administration that it's all about guns. We need to tra- change gun laws. But we heard uh, a little bit earlier in the program. Uh, Gianna Caldwell, who is a Fox News contributor, whose little brother was killed uh, in the last 10 days on a Chicago street just in a random shooting. And he was he was saying, this is not about, we don't need more gun laws. Uh, we need to just crack down and get tough uh, on and, and dealing with those who break the law and are let go constantly. Soft on crime laws. And we also have to end this attack on our police departments in this country. And as you just heard, uh, there is a press conference apparently this afternoon in Texas where a group of uh, border sheriffs are talking about uh, asking the governor of Texas for a a declaration of invasion. These are the sheriffs that are dealing with the results of the Biden administration's basically open border policy. And uh, they say something needs to be done under the Constitution, a declaration of invasion. And many people see that uh, Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, is is guilty of a dereliction of duty uh, in protecting this country. As thousands, I think the figure that I saw for May, over 90,000 on our southern border coming in, spreading out throughout the country. And uh, so the, the situation is only getting more dire as the day goes on. And... <laughs> Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas on, on the weekend in an interview talking about the fact that, uh, oh, yeah, uh, climate change is driving people north. Really? No. Remember, candidate Joe Biden invited a surge on our border. He said what if he was elected, he would invite a surge on our southern border. He is totally responsible for what's going on. Well, one of the Supreme Court decisions, certainly the probably the major one, in the last couple of weeks uh, was the Supreme Court decision basically to shut down Roe v. Wade, sending the jurisdiction of abortion rules and regulations back to individual states. Uh, Amongst the reactions uh, to all of this has been a number of of the big corporations in this country saying that uh, as a result of this, they would pay uh, to uh, have a female employee uh, go and have her abortion in another state. Uh, And it's just dozens of these companies. So it was with great interest uh, that we learned uh, over the weekend that there is one company that's kind of doing a reverse on all of this. Uh, And it's Buffer Insurance, Buffer Insurance, B-U-F-F-E-R Insurance in Texas. And uh, Sean Turner is the CEO of that company, And what they're planning to do, they're going to aid financially and otherwise uh, their female staff members who want to give birth and will also help families with adoption costs. So let's have a listen. He was interviewed on Fox & Friends this morning, Cut 9. At Buffer Insurance, we we saw the overturning of Roe v. Wade, uh, and we saw all the, the mega corporations, all the large corporations, making it easy for people to still have these continued abortions. And so... As a small business owner, we thought it was important to take the opposite stand, make it easy for our employees to expand their families. 
we've had an overwhelmingly huge response of people saying thank you, thank you, thank you, just over and over. Our own clients, people from Alaska to Connecticut to Maine to all over the place. And so this is definitely something that is making a positive impact all across the nation. And uh, if you're if you work for an employer and you want your employer to implement similar benefits, have them reach out to us because we've created resources to help them implement this and, and just maximize their contribution towards something like this. So there you have it. That's Sean Turner of Buffer Insurance. And they are going 180 degrees to most of the corporations in this country who have said they're going to help their female employees get abortions. Buffer Insurance is saying no. We're going to help female employees who want to have those babies or perhaps adopt a child. And uh, I heard a bit of a challenge there to other corporations, other companies across the country. Hey, uh, Buffer Insurance has some, has some plans in place that you might want to investigate so that you can do the same thing uh, for your female employees as well. So uh, great to see that kind of reaction there. So that's Buffer Insurance. You can probably... Go to their website and learn a little bit more about that. All right. Uh, we can expect more alleged drama this week on the, um, on the January 6th commission. All right. You know, this is political theater, and I have to admit I have been disappointed with Fox News, who has been, they've been covering some of these hearings. Um, for hours, uh, as these people get up and make all kinds of allegations uh, against, for the most part, uh, against former President Trump and his alleged responsibility, what happened on January the 6th. You know, to put this all in perspective, there was one person who was shot and killed during that January 6th incident, and that was one of the demonstrators, unarmed lady, who was shot and killed by Capitol Police. But you would never know that from this commission. And one of the most, and, and many people think this commission is illegal, certainly those amongst the Republican leadership, because they nominated two people uh, to be on that committee, and Nancy Pelosi and her gang said, no, we're not going to allow, Jim Jordan was one of them, conservative Jim Jordan, he wanted to be on that committee so he could we could have some balance in it. Instead, Nancy Pelosi picked a couple of Republicans, basically who are enemies, enemies of the former president. And uh, Liz Cheney is one of them. And she was interviewed by, um, on ABC News uh, on the weekend. And uh, I'm just... Uh, looking at uh, who was in Jonathan Carl was doing the interview. And she was saying that uh, this, this is all part of a plan. As she put it, I believe, she said, we want to ensure that Donald Trump never sits in the White House again. So here's a little bit of that interview with Liz Cheney and Jonathan Carl, cut number three. So you told me last year... This is a direct quote. I will do everything I can to, to make sure he's not the nominee uh, and, uh, you know, everything necessary to make sure that uh, he never gets anywhere close to the Oval Office again. Have these hearings gotten you closer to that goal? 
making him toxic and, and not a viable candidate. That's not the goal of the hearings. Um, but you said it was your, your priority. I think it's important, but I don't want you to convey the impression that somehow the hearings are, are political. Yeah. Um, because the, the goal of the hearings is to make sure that the American people understand what happened, um, to help inform legislati legislation, legislative changes that we might need to make. Um, but I, I think it's also the case that, that there's not a single thing that I have learned as we have been involved in this investigation that has made me less concerned. Um, and I think there's, there's no question. I mean, a, a man as dangerous as Donald Trump um, can absolutely never be anywhere near the Oval Office ever again. Yeah. Yeah, she says, uh, I don't want you to convey the thought that this is political. Really? Um, uh, that, that just threw me c completely. You just have to watch these commission hearings for a, a minute to see that it's nothing about, it is nothing less than political. It's basically an extension of the impeachment hearings against uh, former President Trump, the two impeachment hearings. It's just Democrats ganging up. You know, I, I, I think I would be embarrassed if I was Liz Cheney that Nancy Pelosi wanted me on that hearing, wanted me to represent the Republicans on that hearing. Does she not know that she is being used as a pawn by Nancy Pelosi? And surely the people in Wyoming, uh, and we're coming up to the Republican primary there uh, next month, surely the people of Wyoming probably see this, that their, one of their representatives in Congress, Liz Cheney, is being used as a pawn by Nancy Pelosi? Now, we'll have to wait and see. I understand that Cheney, uh, Cheney's campaign has brought in millions of dollars. My suspicion is that Democrats are writing checks like crazy. They want Liz Cheney uh, to win that primary. So we'll have to wait and see. I'm not sure if it's an open primary there in Wyoming, whether Democrats can sign up and, and register and, and vote in the Republican primary. That may be the case. But, but for Liz Cheney to say, uh, there's nothing political about this, come on. That's really what this is all about. And we, sh we should have detected this, honestly, folks. We should have detected this when uh, that Thursday night, about a couple of weeks ago, when they first had this public hearing, that it was all under the direction of an ABC, ABC director, the network director. He was in charge of putting all of, like the videos together. And we do know that they uh, extracted a portion of then President Trump's memory on the rally on January 6th, where President Trump urged the crowd to go up peacefully to the Capitol and make their feelings known. They extracted that portion of his speech. They they didn't play that. You know, that's important context in all of this because what President Trump, former President Trump, is being accused of basically is going after 
uh, and encouraging these people to go up and behave violently at the Capitol. And again, we have to remind you, there's so many of these people that are, are still being held without charges, their trials later this summer sometime. So we're not talking 18 months uh, since all of this happened. How much time do we have left? About a minute and a half? want you to have a listen to an ad that was put out by California Governor, Democrat Governor Gavin Newsom on the weekend. He released this ad on the weekend. Uh, just have a listen to it, folks. It's Independence Day, so let's talk about what's going on in America. Freedom, it's under attack in your state. Your Republican leaders, they're banning books, making it harder to vote, restricting speech in classrooms, even criminalizing women and doctors. I urge all of you living in Florida to join the fight or join us in California, where we still believe in freedom, freedom of speech, freedom to choose, freedom from hate, and the freedom to love. Don't let them take your freedom. Paid for by Newsom for California Governor 2022. (laughs) Now, you know what he's talking about. He didn't mention Florida there, folks. But restrictions against what our kids are being taught, yeah. Yeah, that law was passed in Florida to protect little kids in kindergarten from indoctrination of the homosexual agenda. And he invites people to come to California. Yeah, he's going to get a good response on that. Seven, eight dollars a gallon gasoline. Not to mention there isn't the freedom there. He wants the freedom to indoctrinate your kids on the most radical agendas possible. That's Gavin Newsom. He probably is also thinking in that ad that he might like to run in 2024 if Joe Biden is not on the ticket, you think? All right, folks, much more programming ahead here on American Family Radio on this July the 5th. It's been great to be with you. Stay tuned. Much more great programming on American Family Radio. You have yourself a blessed day and be a blessing to others. Bye for now. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.